Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour. I'm Becky. And I'm Laird. And, and I've got a bone pick with you. Oh, no. Okay. So, you know, a couple episodes ago, we, we talked about how I didn't like that I had to look up FOMO. And how that was so meta and everybody was like, you know, that's so funny and all that stuff. And since that time, I think that you are now poking the bear. I think you are purposely doing it. I mean, you are. What am I doing? uh, TBH. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were like TBH. And what was the other one of like, you know. TFW? TFW. And I'm like, (laughs) now I think I came up with like 10 different things that TFW could stand for. And I don't even remember what you. Hold on. Let me think. Um, TFW. What was it? It was. uh, Oh, the feeling win. That feeling win. It doesn't even come close. It's like so much easier. And. So first of all, why, why do you find that to be so enthralling to just bug me? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I just it's fun to. I mean, you're you're to, you're like actively <laughs> bait the hook you're, like, you. you're just like, I mean, it's like you know, it drop the line in the water and you just wait and you kind of wiggle the hook a little bit <laughs> and if it doesn't set right, you you jig it up a little bit and then all of a sudden it, you know and it it catches. This me. this is. This is what I do with my friends, though, and my like my brother and my sister. This is just good natured teasing, where you you know it's going to push a button, <laughs> and so you do it just to get the rise out of them. I, you know, in so, but where where it's actually making me feel is that I'm getting older, <laughs> and well. it's almost like you know. But you know, every time someone makes me feel old, I remind them that they too are getting old. Yes, but um, you know, I was starting to think about it, and I was like. You know what? I'm starting to get old. I'm like, I'm starting to have that whole get off my lawn. People using words I don't know, you know. And I'm God. I'm not even midlife at this point, you know. What? Mm, aren't you? <laughs> that's not nice. <laughs> I'm going to be live to be a hundred, so that's I still got a couple more years. That's still I considered middle age. Oh, I like it. I'm a I'm a math math guy, so it's half and half. Mm. I just in. in you know, it, it makes me wonder about the future of the world whenever everybody has just started changing. I mean, because I, I got on you for the TFW because I'm like, you had more characters. You could have actually <laughs> typed it out. And then the other thing is happening is I saw someone that typed out Ma Girl, M A H G U R L. I'm like, A, you type one extra character, B, the you and the I are right next to each other. Look, look, look at your keyboard. It's like you and I right there. They're 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 hanging out together, and you had to do the you just to piss me off. <laughs> no, that's that's a phonetic. That's that's you know the way they pronounce it. So they're they're spelling it phonetically. It's like when you read um, uh, Huck Finn, right? Huckleberry Finn. The, mm-hmm. it, it, there was the dialogue in there was spelled phonetically versus mm-hmm. the correct grammatically way to spell the words. It's, that's all that is. People are just spelling phonetically in some okay. cases. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. Either that or I like to use the I can't has cheeseburger spelling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you one little bit on that, maybe. But then, you know, what is it about saving characters? I mean, we're now a society that we communicate with pictures. I, you know, it's it's it went from phone calls to text messages to pictures now that people just communicate with pictures, Snapchat, Instagram, 
whatever. I mean, you, whenever you're on Facebook, how well does a post that – you know this as a marketer. How well does a post that doesn't have a photo um, compare to one that does have a photo? Oh, it's not comparable. The ones with images do far better. Yeah, exactly. And so everybody's communicating with images these days and memes and all that all that stuff. Why, why are we like worried about saving a couple characters? I think that's left over from um, I am. I guess, back in the nineties, but but most of the people that are really engaging in it now were you know in diapers then, if if around at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean there there are some some things that are just so ingrained. I think in the culture now that is just this is what you do. LOL. Yeah. Brb. Anytime TFW. So, like any, it's anytime it's, someone says LOL, I'm always like. Are you really? Seriously. <laughs> Usually, actually, yeah. Well, it may be for you, but most times, like, you know, um, hey, I, I, I saw you at the store. LOL. Were you really? Seriously? <laughs> you, you're laughing out loud because I saw you at the store. Nice. nice. Yeah. But but there are also a lot of situations where I purposely write out my tweet without any shortcuts or abbreviations or missing punctuation. And then if I need to go back to edit to make room, I will go back and edit and remove things that can be removed. But I will, I will go back and put in comments if it needs a comment, because I'm that much of a nerd. No, that's exactly what I do. And you know, I'm not much of a writer, but when I do write, I'm prolific. Like I just write tomes. Like I just, you know, pound out 20, 30 pages in a day of, of stuff that I write. And you know, tweeting has actually helped me in that process by removing a lot of the super super superfluous. Now I can't say it. Superfluous. I did it. I got you to superfluous. There, I did it. Super fluoride. No. You know, as a kid, I couldn't say cinnamon. Not surprised. And then so I, I trained myself. I said, "What is the synonym of cinnamon? What is the synonym of cinnamon?" And I, that's how I learned. How to say the word cinnamon? Didn't say it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you know the the English language is a is a cruel mistress. I mean, it's one of the hardest languages to learn Mm -hmm. because of its just weirdness. And you know, I, I I speak Spanish, so I you know putting the adjective after the word, you know, instead of says the red ball, it's the ball's red, effectively, and. You know, but that makes sense in my brain. And I so I see how it is. And then you come, you know, people coming over here and they're trying to learn the language and it's all over the place. Oh, well, the, this special rule, this is the, you know, I before E except after C, which is not really ever really that true. But um, it is in some cases, <laughs> some cases. But, you know, it, you know, I was taught that as a is a tried and true rule is like, you know, when you when this is case, you know it. And no, it's wrong. Well, you know, in the, I think it was the last episode we talked about. uh the follow your passion career advice. And you were asking me about how did I develop my passion? And I, I was thinking about it more after we recorded that episode. And it, it came down to how natural the rules of grammar and punctuation came to me. You know, math is in some ways easier because it's a very black and white. This is always two plus two always equals four. Whereas English is to your point, not that way. There's a lot of, yeah, I before E except after C, except for words like way, mm-hmm. right? 
a lot of the, and I'm I'm by no means a W H E Y W E I G H. That's my point. I know, <laughs> but I'm by no means a, a you know grammar girl. I think it knows far more about grammar than I ever could. But a lot of the grammar rules that you, I see mistakes on, I remember, and I've always been able to remember. It just comes naturally to me. Yeah, see, Sister Bernadette, she uh, she taught me grammar by beating beating the MLA book into my brain. Like, just walk by, hit me in the head with the MLA book. And it's a big book. I, it was the, it was at least the uh, Cliff Notes version of it, so it, the brain damage was limited. Mm. But uh, and then then you know you came to ITC and I was always writing MLA style and all this stuff and you know very technical and all that and you're like no we got to go to AP and it changed everything and now now I'm always looking for number okay if the number's less than ten then do that <laughs> <laughs> so it's now it's all over the place well I I mean so you know in in high school I I we wrote using the MLA style and then I went to college and had to learn the AP style because that's what journalists use so. I had a transition, so I so, just so I just did it like 15 years before you did, <laughs> and uh, you did it with formal training. I did it. I did it by having my <laughs> my stuff completely ripped apart and you know shoved up my ass. I mean, it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my bone to pick with you because you know. English because language, I use abbreviation? English language is hard enough, and now people are putting emoticons and shortened stuff and, you know, and, uh, you know emojis. So what you're saying is I'm young and hip. <laughs> That's your Snapchat channel. I have some people I, I follow on Snapchat. But, but, okay, like emojis. I, same freaking boat of emojis. First of all, A – no device, especially on Android. I mean, I know all you uh, iPhone people have them the same, but on Android, they, they can vary. Mm-hmm. And so people send an emoji and I'm like, I don't know what that is. It, like, I, And then so I have to cut and paste it, put it into Google, look it up, and then I'm like, what does this mean? So I go back to them and I go, hey – what, what did you mean by this emoji? And they come back. Well, that was, you know, I was just saying that uh, I, I was, you know, la- laughing and smiling at the same time. And I'm like going, then why are your cheeks red? <laughs> you know, it's like, can we pick the right one? So I've, I've got decent eyesight. But sometimes those emojis, because I have really small text on my phone, they don't come up at all. Like yeah. They're micro. So I have to zoom in and it's like, whoa. <laughs> look, at, look at that. I do wish there was like a, a definition for the emojis in some way on the keyboard because the, in Skype that we use at work, you know, you hover over the little emoticons that they have in there or the emojis, I guess. It, it tells you like, oh, this one is yawning or this one is, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, bored. That's helpful because then I know I'm using the right one. But there are definitely some where I'm like, I don't know what the space means. Yeah, and and the thing is, is now you you've got different uh, different races. Right, you have different um, you know different versions of the same one. Like one one day I was like, um, you know, I posted a, a a leaf online, and people were like. What, why did you post a seed? And I'm like, it's not a seed. And then I looked at it on an iPhone. Well, it's a seed. <laughs> it's a, just a one little small leaf. I was uh, turning over a new leaf that day, I guess, or something like that. Planting a new seed. What? Planting. planting new seed. Yeah. It's like, but that, that sounds so. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I had a little bit of a bone to pick with you. You messing with me. It's well, not nice. 
<laughs> it's fun though. It's fun. All right. What do you got? So who do you think would be the number one insurance brand? Number one insurance brand. Mm-hmm. Ooh. See, this is a trick question. Hmm. Oh, can you can you clarify? Like, is it uh, according to consumer opinion or is it it by is, actual numbers. It is from a global public opinion and data company called YouGov mm-hmm. that calculated an average of six metrics, impression, value, quality, reputation, satisfaction, and recommendation. I'll go Geico. State Farm. Okay. I, 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 it's one of – did they have a second place? Geico was four out of five. Four. All right. Give, give me – okay. Who else uh, – Hmm, Progressive is in there. Not in the top five. Really? Yep. Everybody loves those commercials and they're ubiquitous. They're all over the place, you know? Doesn't doesn't equal... I know. The, the brand satisfaction. I get it. Hmm. Allstate. Number five. Yeah. I love Mayhem. Yeah. That, those commercials are fantastic. <laughs> like, you, you know... Uh, it, Every every one of the the major ones we'll we'll get back to your list, but every one of the like the real major ones have their gimmick. Yeah. You know, Geico Gecko. You've got uh, in you know that that gecko's everywhere. It's in a plane, on a boat. You know, yes, I'll have green eggs and ham. You know, it, it's everywhere. And then the Allstate has three different ad types going. You know, mm-hmm. you got mayhem. You get. Uh, uh, Dennis Haybirth or whatever, the guy from uh, 24, the president on 24. Yeah. He has that really deep voice. Is like, a, <clears throat> um, you know, the, you drive, you save. That. <laughs> and then um, State Farm, they, they had a really good success with, uh, y- you know, the just the everyday walk in the office. And I actually did really like those ads from a perspective is that they were talking about the agents yeah. they were talking about their agents. I mean, I know they're captive, but they were talking about their agents and, and, you know, they were bringing that personal touch, whether it be in a call center with, um, you know, the guy with khakis, or you look at the, whenever it's, uh, bringing in the daughter because she's got a new policy. So it's pretty good. So yep. we got state farm. Number one, Geico, number four, all state, number five, Hmm. Amica. Nope. Really? Everybody, everybody loves Amica. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting it now. Are these all uh, property carriers? Mm, yeah. Hmm. All right, I, I give up. Triple A, number two. Okay. And USAA is number three. I should have. I, I, I should have known USAA. Yeah, they, you should have known that one. They, they have a pretty good following and and all that. Triple A. I, I don't know. Do old people take this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just. Do you do you have AAA? No. Do you know anybody that does? No. That's that's the crazy thing is, um, I was waxing on you know online about the whole you know how the world has left a lot of brands and things behind, and AAA is is one of those ones that I kind of see the world's left behind. You used to go to AAA because you needed um, roadside assistance. Well, that's now included in a lot of cars or an insurance policy. You went to them to get maps. Well, you know, heck, everybody's got a map in their pocket now. That's even better because it shows traffic. Right. Just a lot of brands that are that are dying. So, what what are they saying about this uh, this ranking here? Just just you know, interesting index score of insurance brands who come on who came on top and whatnot. 
Um, so the scores are representative of the general population of adults. But the other thing that they included here in this article is the t- uh, top five improvers. So those who had the biggest gains in their score mm. from 2017 to 2018. Do you want to take any guesses on that? God, man, this is this. I mean, it's this is like a game show. I mean, you're, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it would be horrible. I, you know, played trivia this week and did fairly well. And um, but yeah, I'm okay. The best improvers. Do you want me to give you any hints? Sure. Okay. Two of the best improvers are on the top five list that we already t- talked about. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go. Hmm. Best improvers that are on the top five. I would. Okay. Um, I would go Allstate. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I, I'm State Farm, Geico, Geico. I, I, I've, Geico has such a strong brand. I mean, everybody mm. knows it. Everybody, but you know, you've got this extra factor of like you know, customer satisfaction, brand satisfaction, or whatever it is. Yeah. It seems to be lumping in there and messing up my ability to <laughs> the divi- other divine the insurance industry. The other hint I will give you is for the number one improver is a carrier we've already mentioned. But was not in the top five list. Oh, progressive. Yep. I wonder. I wonder if that's uh, their their move, moving away from uh, you know just everything being flow. Like they're bringing in that other kid and and all that. I wonder. You know, I, I'm I'm looking at like what is what caused this change. What do you think made that change? I don't know. I, I mean, their score compared to State Farm is more than half of what State Farms is. Wow. Yeah. So State Farm had a score of 17.6. Progressive score was eight. Well, where did Progressive rank actually? I, it didn't, I didn't look at the – to see if they had an actual full ranking anywhere. I was just looking at the article. Ah, that was giving you a little – Yeah. And they just had the top five in the total index and then the top five improvers. That's what kind of gets – is a little hard for um, agents that are selling. You know, agents are selling someone else's product. Yeah. They – you know, very few agencies out there have their own product that they're selling, and um, it's it's really difficult because you you know you always have that that balancing act of being able to go well. I can place you with this carrier who has brand status, you know, brand recognition, or I can place you with this carrier who has better service, better pricing, better commission, uh, whatever it may be. And they you know they're in a situation where they're like, okay, well, I don't know who that is. I want the other one. And it's like, you know, I've always seen that it's very difficult. It's difficult. And that's where agencies need to really create. um, You know, we we talk a lot about ego lists where Mm. people will have 30 carriers. Well, having 30 carriers is not a wise move because you can't spread that love across all those carriers. Right. And you can't be. And all those carriers want to be the darling in your business and you don't have enough to make any of them feel that way. Correct. I mean, even if you had 10 and you equally distributed your book to those 10, those, you know, you're only putting 10% of your book into each of them and they're not going to be ha- no one's going to be happy with that. Yeah. Now, I'm not advocating that someone should be putting 70-80% within one carrier that's putting it all in one basket. It's having the right carriers and placing the right biz- the right business where it goes. 
But some of the, the you know, largest uh, growing agencies that are out there, they have five, six carriers total for, for like auto home, whatnot. Because right. they're like, this is the market we need. But then they can become, you know, SME subject matter experts on that carrier for the agency. So they can, you know, well, this one is good. And this is why they're different from this carrier that you know of, because they're always fighting that because no agency has Geico, no agency has, or independent agency has Geico or state farm or, um, you, you know, farmers, they're all in this, this boat where, they're selling everything else. They don't have this whole dedicated platform that there can be SMEs on that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that was just a little thing I wanted to discuss. I wanted to see if you could guess the game game show segment of this podcast is <laughs> brought to you by uh, <laughs> insurance business America. Oh, is that just because the, there's a magazine on the table right in front of you for insurance business America? No, I think that one's actually a national underwriter. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got a, a pile of magazines here of like ideas that we can go through. We never ever seem to go through them. We usually just end up, you know, yapping away. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that, a couple of weeks ago, we had talked about the insurance digital revolution survey that they had released their study for this year. And there was a portion of that that we did not get to last time that I think we still need to discuss because I think it's important. And that's the cybersecurity. Cybersecurity. Yes. Their findings are a little bit contradictory because there's one part of it that says 55% of agents rate their cybersecurity protection as either good or excellent. But then 52% said they don't have a good understanding of cyber threats and what to do about them. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm covered. <laughs> I have no clue what I'm covered for, but I'm covered. Yeah. Now, I see it every single day, and I, I hear it from – agencies to carriers to vendors i mean cyber is a first of all it, it's a complicated ever-changing risk it is one of the most complicated risks that is out there because today i mean we could be completely protected you know you have everything perfectly protected and a new vulnerability comes out that's not patched by microsoft intel cisco whomever and then all of a sudden you're you're your victim. Right. And whenever you know, that's hard for a large organization that has built in IT resources. But some carriers, some agent you know, a lot of carriers are not very big. And then some agencies, of course, are are small. And they're throwing, you know, they're putting out um, you know, they oh yeah, I got that uh, router from my ISP and it's got firewall and all that. It works. Well, you know, the one of the uh, whenever the PlayStation and the Xbox networks were taken down right around Christmas, it was from hijacked um, modems, um, routers. Yeah, that that they just hijacked the, the default ISP routers through a vulnerability, and then they uh, they they attacked someone with it. And so it's an ever changing risk that it's difficult for anybody to understand. And so. Whenever they say they're protected, they're they're making a huge assumption. Yes. So I mean, you might as well. Fifty five percent said they're good, and fifty percent says no clue what you're talking about. Well, you should probably take the fifty five and do fifty two percent of that, and you're what you know twenty five percent maybe are good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just because the other thing this says is thirty seven percent have a written security plan in place. Well, these plans are now required by Graham Leach 
Liley, yeah. is that how you say? Act. GLBA, yeah. Yeah. And the NAIC model laws. So there, these regulations are coming out about having to have cybersecurity plans. And, you know, there's still a large majority of agencies who don't have a written plan. No, I, the fact that that 30% said that they're, they don't, <laughs> that they do have a plan. 37%. 37% have a plan. Then that means the 55% said they're covered aren't mm-hmm. because even then p- having part of the plan written plan is important. And even your, your plan might not cover everything, but at least it was, it's effort. Right. And that's, you know, I, I, I do this. Like I've, I've given this speech about cybersecurity where I've had people walking out sweating cause I scared them. And it's a scary topic. And they asked me like, Laird, how, how do I secure, how do I get it secured? And I'm like, you know, the word is not protected. It's you are never protected. You are mitigating the risk because right. you never know if there's a new vulnerability. So whenever, if you just throw your hands up and not do anything and then what, you know, then you have a claim and the feds come to you, your, you know, com- custom, uh, comes to you and say, well, what steps did you take to prevent this? If you had a written plan and you like, I did this, 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 and we followed these plans and we do it every, you know, we reviewed these every six months. They're going to look at you and go, you know what? You did what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. They might find some faults and go, yeah, this is probably this, this gap right here is probably why it, it, it happened. But the fact that you were actually proactive on it is good. Right. And a lot of people are just, you have to have a plan. And if you don't, there's nothing for you there. And the, the amount of risk that is out there. I mean, even if you have, say, a thousand customers, right? You have a thousand customers and you have a breach in California. Well, each of those is considered an independent customer. So that each one is its own breach. And there's up to a thousand dollar fine per breach. You have a thousand customers, thousand breached, million dollars right there. Yeah. That's not. That's not your reputation because your trusted advisor just lost all your data and let it go. Yeah. And um, that's not monitoring. Monitoring is 17 to 20 bucks per, but you have to pre-buy it all. Like you have a thousand, you have to buy it and just say it's 20. You have to buy $20,000 of it to do credit monitoring because that's how they get you. Because it's not the people that sign up to take advantage of it. It's that they were just covered as a whole. Yeah. And so – but man, I mean, cy- cybersecurity is you know would be a, a series for us going yeah. through because it's it touches every single little thing and nobody is is really doing it really right. And the other side of that is finding coverage is difficult. Yeah, because you know, first of all, you get outside of one to five million dollars of cyber coverage, and then it, it gets surplus. It gets pricey. It gets yeah. pricey. And you know the the. The reality for some companies is that um, it's impossible. Um, like, uh, let's let's just bring up an insurance carrier, any carrier. You can just name them where they have million customers. Okay, well, a million customers. If those million customers got breached, the the losses would be in the multi billions for that breach if it was fully paid out. Um, and the 
you know, they might have coverage for it, but those companies like Amazon and Microsoft and, you know, large insurance carriers and whomever, they're buying up all the insurance that's available in the cyber world. Yeah. And so there's not much left out for just the normal guy. And so the reality is, is that most companies that get breached, like heavily breached, they end up not paying out all of it because they work deals with the fines. They, they work, you know, but it, there's a big hit. Target is a good example that, you know, they're still around and they breached millions of people. Yeah. Also, the, the other thing is, is that uh, your data is out there. Your social security number's floating out there. Your, I'm sure. Your email address, your phone number, your date of birth, your mother's maiden name, that's all in some dark web corner, it, I can just assure you. And the only thing that you can do to protect yourself is, you know, your email's out there already. Just change your email password. Turn on two-factor. Well, I've, I've heard you give your cybersecurity speech and you know, many times to the point that <laughs> – <laughs> to the point that I am sick of it. I no, not that I'm sick of it, but that I am aware enough that I make an effort. I don't make an effort. I do it. I change the password on my email, on all of my emails, every, every quarter, once a quarter, I change the password and also my bank account. Mm-hmm. I change it on my bank account. I change it on my emails once a quarter. And then all my other major profiles, Facebook, Twitter, anything like that, I change once a year. Yeah. Always. And they're all different too. Mm-hmm. And you, the, the one thing that you should do is set up two-factor. Yeah, and I have that as well on all my major yeah, and, accounts. You know, it's like people are like, oh, well, I got, I got my two-factor on Facebook, but I don't have it on my email. Like, Wait a minute. You know, if I need to recover your Facebook, I would send it to your email address. And then if I hacked your email address, then you do that. But one of the things that I think people need to start doing is not relying on the text message. Well, you get that little text message thing mm-hmm. is if they ever offer you an app, like an authenticator app. To, yeah. to use that method. Um, it's really cool when you have an Android phone and you log into Google, well, your entire screen of your Android phone changes. It, it goes fully white and it says, are you trying to log in? Yes or no. Since it, it, it knows you, it's you. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's really cool. And that's the better way to do it. I actually think that, um, um, passwords are going to go away. They're absolutely going away. What do you think? Be biometric? It, I think it will be a combination of a hardware key and the biometric. Did you see? It was just in the news last week that, of course, they were trying to push their new security token. <laughs> but Google, um, for the past year, has had zero phishing um, successes. Really? Um, inside I did not all see this. Of Google. Because what they did is they went out inside the corporate or inside their Gmail, all of their Gmail no, no, accounts. No, corporate, okay, corporate, corporate Google didn't. There was no f- successful phishing attempts in uh, Google corporate for a year. Wow! And they did it using a hardware key that you plug in or you um, Bluetooth NFC to your phone or you plug it in your computer. And it's a, it's a secondary factor. It's not like, you know, well, I got, I grabbed your keys and I can plug it in. It's you have to plug it in and you have to put in your password Mm. and it, it worked. That's interesting. I mean, that, that goes back from the the olden days of, uh, you know, RSA tokens where you have that little, it looked like a little pager that was on your keychain has the numbers changed every. Oh Yeah. And then you have to type that in. It was always type your password, then the number, and then you know some 
some additional number, like a pin that was in, you know, in your brain. And it was really secure. It was a pain in the butt and it was expensive as hell. But now with, you know, the, I, I think they were using YubiKey, which mm-hmm. is a pretty good one out there. Um, but now they're, they're creating their own of course. Of course. But, um, and, you know, I'm going to leave, uh, you know, I'm going to leave this. We'll, we'll talk more about cybersecurity next time, but um, I'm going to leave this here is that security is a pain in the butt. The more secure you make it, the harder it is to use. So, um, you, you know, well, now when I log in, I have to have a token and I have to have this or I have to go get an, a, you know, a special password or, a, you know, a a, a code from SMS and uh, they, they would, you know, it just makes it hard. If you don't put a, a computer on the internet, it makes it really hard to access the computer unless you're right, right there on it, but it's much more secure. So any type of access, anytime that you give yourself remote access or anything like that, it's just making it easier in one more point that someone could get in. Yeah. Hmm. That's, we're at 33 minutes. Wow. I know. It's just we, we get going and talking and like we keep trying to keep this <laughs> under 30 minutes and it's like. It's hard. It is. But uh, yeah, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, my second daughter starts gymnastics for the first time. She's been wanting to do this for months and she has that. And then my older daughter has a birthday party for her best friend and then I'm taking her over to my parents' house for you know, grandparents, cousins camp for the whole week. She goes for the whole week. I don't know what I'm going to do without her for a whole week. Oh, it's going to be quiet. You're such a mom. I am. I'm yeah. What are you doing? Nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the weather's just, I, I, I think I've, I've really been drained. The mm. weather has just absolutely drained the life out of me. Yeah. It's, you know, I started the car and it, it tells you what the temperature is inside the car. And it was like 167 inside the car. And you're like, going, oh, and it, it was noon. It was noon. It wasn't even late in the afternoon. Yeah. And so I, I just, you know, it's, it's gotten cooler here. Uh, we've had a little bit of a reprieve. We're not at 111 in Dallas. Where it's 98 instead. It's like, <laughs> woo, I'm, I'm feeling good. 13 it's a cold front. <laughs> well, that's the crazy thing is a cold front came in and it was like mid 90s and I'm like, I'm going to go sit on a patio. This is nice. <laughs> I can do this more often. Yeah. But uh, I, with the with the temperatures getting back up, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm going to nap. <laughs> I'll go to the pool. <laughs> uh, yeah, but pools at this point. I don't know. We went. We they're, went they're, last they're weekend, hot. and it. I, I think it may have been because I think we did, went the day it rained a little bit in the morning, mm-hmm. so the water was actually really cool. Ah, uh, well, I <laughs> I remember this was years ago. But I went over to my parents' house and they have a pool. And the pool was, you know, a sweltering ninety degrees or something like that. It was it was like getting into bath water. It wasn't it wasn't comfortable at all. And so um, you know, we went and got five the the twenty five pound blocks of ice and all that and put put quite a few of them in the in the pool. And it was so nice um that I actually also had some bags of ice mm. and I was floating with it. <laughs> 
<laughs> just, like, just like riding them, riding them like a floaty. <laughs> but it uh, it was and, – and the bags of ice were gone. I mean yeah. – and, you know, we did a calculation of how many you would have to put into the pool to actually bring down the temperature. You know, family of nerds, right? You yeah. Know, here's the, here's the volume of the it. pool, the <laughs> volume to the pool, and then also the temperature and then the, the, the transition of heat and all that, you know, the, all that. And it was like, I think we came up that we would have to put like 60 or 70, 25 pound blocks of ice in the pool to bring it down. Wow. To, to like, I think we were targeting like 70 or 80 degrees or something or 78 degrees. And, um, I just, I, I started giggling like a schoolgirl cause I, that would look like a big, you know, big soda glass. Cause you just have all <laughs> these big blocks floating in there. And, uh, I'm like, but also, and then we started getting this argument about displacement of, well, if you start throwing all these, you know, 70 pounds of blocks of, you know, 70, 25 pounds of blocks of ice into a pool, would it overflow the pool? Yeah. And then, so yeah, I think we spent more time with a piece of paper than we did swimming that day. I, I wish I could have seen it because it kind of evokes a mental image similar to the season one finale of Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Which I found to be a very funny episode. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, and it's the one that keeps on giving. Cause it, <laughs> yeah. Giving and giving and giving. Yep. All right. Well, it's about time we get out of here. Yes. Don't forget to subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes, Google Play. Tune in. You can find us on Twitter. I'm Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. Excuse me. L. Ricksford. Let me say that correctly. He's giving me a funny face. (laughs) Do you have um, a cybersecurity plan? I'm curious to know. So you can... Hit us up on Twitter or send us an email at contactinsurancehappyhour.com. We'll put links to the articles we talked about in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. That was much better. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you next week. Uh, And as always, thanks for listening. Now do you want to do a proper ending? Oh, crap. (laughs) I forgot about it, didn't I?